Welcome to the Seashore Church Message of the Week. This message is designed to bring more of heaven into your world today. For more resources like this, or to learn more about our church, visit seashorechurch.com. Oh, so excited to be up here again, guys. Thanks, Romy, for letting me do round two of speed message. <laughs> um, I'm really excited. If you guys weren't here last week, um, I was sharing about access and I'm just going to recap some of that a little bit and then jump into some new stuff just in case anybody wasn't here. Um, eventually, we'll have all of that up on the podcast and all of that, but I know it's not available yet. So we'll do a quick recap. I'm just going to pray and invite Holy Spirit into what we're doing. You know, this is, the worship was amazing. I am so grateful for what David brought this week and last week. Um, and this is just a continuation of that, you know, the prophetic words, sharing with each other, all of these things, it's all just part of the flow of worship and what we're bringing to the Lord. So you can keep your hearts in the worship place. You don't have to check out of that as, as I'm sharing. So thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here. Thank you for everything that you've already done this morning. We're so grateful for who you are. We're so grateful that you're with us, that you lead us and guide us into all truth, that you are the gift sent from the Father to help us walk in love and walk in all the things you've called us to. So, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would illuminate in people's hearts, God, exactly what you need them to know this morning. God, that you would make things sticky in their hearts that they need to remember and um, that you would just have your way this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. And as always, look, if the Lord's even ministering to you still from worship or a prophetic word or whatever, keep doing that. <laughs> you don't have to check out of what Jesus is speaking to you to, to listen to me. So you can always lean into whatever Jesus is saying. So last week, I talked to you guys about access and how we all have equal and direct access to all the fullness of God. And I heard David call out, all oh, in worship, um, do you guys remember last week I was telling you one of my friends at a Bible study just got wrecked over the word all, kept talking about how we have all access to all. So every single person here has equal and direct access. You have the same access as I do, as Romy does, as David does. Every single person here has the same access. Um, Ephesians 2, I'm just going to read quickly through a couple things, kind of summarize. Uh, we went through Ephesians 2, 4 through 10 last week. Um, even while we were, past tense, dead and doomed in our sin, God united us into the very life of Christ and saved us by his wonderful grace. He raised us up with Christ, the exalted one, and we ascended with Jesus into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm. For we are now, this is our present tense, right? We're now co-seated as one with Christ. Can we do a really fun church thing and just say the last line together? Go back to that last one. The for, for we are now, read it with me. For we are now co-seated as one with Christ. Actually, just do it again for yourself. Say, I am now, I am now co-seated as one with Christ. This is our reality right this minute. You're sitting with Jesus in heaven right now. Um, and then skipping to verse... 19 at the very end, it says um, in the middle there what I'm skipping over. Nothing you did could ever earn this salvation. It was the love gift from God that brought us to Christ. 
And then verse 19, you're not foreigners or guests, but you are citizens of the holy city with all the rights, all of the rights as a family members of the household of God. That's our identity right now. And then if you can pull up Ephesians 1, 3 through 8, it says every spiritual blessing, so that's another all, right? Every and all are basically the same thing. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished on us as a love gift from our wonderful heavenly Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, or the Father of our Lord Jesus, all because he wrapped us up into Christ. So just sit on this for one second. Hold on. So I feel like sometimes we read scripture and we don't give it a chance to soak in what it actually means. So if you think about anything you consider to be good, God, any kind of blessing you could ever imagine. Like, just think of something that you're like, oh, that'd be a real blessing. (laughs) Every, all, every single spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm is available to us right now. It's already been lavished on us. So we already have access to it. It's just learning to engage with the access we already have. Um, You can go to the next verse. It says, Uh, this is why we celebrate or praise or bless him with all of our hearts. In love, God chose us, chose you, chose me, before he laid the foundation of the universe. Because of his great love, he ordained us so we would be seen as holy in his eyes with unstained innocence. I think we talked about last week how sometimes we can disqualify ourselves from access because of whatever reasons we use, right? Maybe we think we're somehow too far gone, we've done too much, there was too much in our past or our history or we struggle too much now. But this literally says, when God looks at you, he sees unstained innocence. That is what God sees when he looks at you. Unstained innocence. Isn't that powerful? And it's not like you're, you're covered up in Jesus and you're still bad underneath. Like he washed you. So now this is your reality. You are someone who can walk. You have access to unstained innocence. So let's keep going. Uh, For this was always in his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children. There's our full access as the household of God again, right? Through our union with Jesus, the anointed one. So his tremendous love that cascades over us, like we were singing about in worship, right? His tremendous love would glorify his grace This is really fun. The same love that God has for Jesus, he has for us. I mean, we could literally just stop there and we would be good. (laughs) Think about that for a second. Why don't we say that with me? Just because it's more powerful coming from your mouth than mine. Say the same love God has for Jesus, he has for me. Just do it one more time, but like think about it like you mean it, not like you're repeating it, but like, oh, this is true, okay? The same love God has for Jesus, he has for me. And like if you are in any point ever struggling with tapping into the access, that's a really good place to start. You know, you can literally sit, there's a really fun um, meditation thing. I think some monks somewhere do it. Romy might know, but it's a cool practice. Basically, you just go through a line and you 
put the emphasis on a different word every time, and you just say it over and over. So you would say, like, the same love God has for Jesus, the same love God has for Jesus he has for me, the same love God has for Jesus he has for me, the same love God has for Jesus he has for me. And you just say it over and over, but you put an emphasis on a different word in the line every time, and it changes the meaning, right, when you put an emphasis on a different word. So if I say the same love God has for Jesus, you're thinking about the love. But if I say the same love God has for Jesus, you're thinking about God. And so you can do that for yourself. It's kind of like um, meditation is the same idea as like a cow chewing its cud, you know? It just chews and chews and chews and chews and chews. That's what we're actually supposed to do with the word is meditate on it. So if you see, if, if you're reading scripture and something like that catches your imagination, you can grab it. That's your rhema word, right? That's your living, active, breathing word of God that he highlighted for you. You can catch it and you can just sit in it and just kind of roll it around, roll it, roll it, roll it, and see what revelation God brings to you off of that. I guarantee you, if you did that for 10 or 15 minutes, it would, do so, it would change something in your life. Like, it would do something for you because you can't meditate on the love of God and not have it change your life. Does that make sense? Um, okay, we're almost done here with this part, so let's go to the next one. And this unfolding plan, so God finding you when you were in sin, raising you up with Jesus, sitting you with him in heavenly places, looking at you with unstained innocence, loving you with the same love he loves Jesus, that brings God great pleasure. But isn't that fun? He's like, oh, I did all of this and I love it. This is great, guys. Uh, so we're now joined to Christ, and we've been given the treasures of redemption by his blood, the total cancellation of our sins, all because of the cascading riches of his grace. Next one, please. This super abundant grace, this is access, okay? This super abundant grace is already powerfully working in us, releasing all forms of wisdom and practical understanding. So this, this is what we have access to. So this grace that God has lavished on us is already present tense right now, today. It's powerfully working in you, in me, releasing all forms of wisdom and practical understanding. And like I mentioned, thanks so much, Jessica. Jess is the bomb. She's amazing. Um, yeah, we should round of applause for Jessica Pruitt. I really don't know what would happen if she didn't show up one day. <laughs> um, so this, everything we just talked about, I know we touched on it last week, but just as a reminder, this access, what God has done in us, it's really not about us. So it's not stepping into pride or um, anything else to say that this is true about yourself because you didn't accomplish it for yourself. It's actually humility to receive that this is true because, like we read, it's a, it's a gift from God for you. And, you know, it's interesting. I had a friend, I went through a season, well, more than one season, where I was really, really broke. I had a lot of very, very generous people who just poured into my life. And I remember at one point, a bunch of people in my church uh, when I lived in New York were going to a conference and someone was like, oh, are you going? And I said, no. And they asked why. And I was like, basically, 
I can't afford it. I don't have any money. And she's like, well, I think you're supposed to go. I want to pay for you. And I said, oh, are you sure? And she said, you know what? It's so, she said it really kindly. She was like, it's actually like really hurtful when you offer someone something and they ask if you're sure. Like as if I gave it not intending to actually, I offered, but I didn't really mean it. And she's like, I really mean it. I really want to give it to you. And it really like provoked me that then, now I don't ask if people are sure anymore. So if you offer me anything, I will take you up on it. <laughs> I don't ask that question anymore. But I think we do that to the Lord where he's like, here's access to all the fullness of God, all the wisdom, everything you need. And we're like, are you sure? You know, like, do you really want to give that to me? Because I'm not super trustworthy. <laughs> You know, like, I'm not sure I'll use it the right way. And he's like, I got, I'm bigger than that. You know, like, I want you to have it. You don't know what this will unlock in your life to step into this that you can't even imagine yet. So let's not, you know, let's not uh, ask God if he's sure on his generosity. Let's just receive it. Let's just take it. And he, it's, as I mentioned last week, it's not about us. It's about two things. One Jesus is worthy of his full reward. He died to give us this access. To live in anything less than this is to deny Jesus receiving the full reward of his suffering. And that's not a heavy, that's not a shame thing. It should provoke us to go, oh, to live in this full access is to give Jesus everything he's worthy of. Like in worship, in our hearts, that should move us to go, wow, I I have to get this because Jesus is worthy of it. The other reason is because, I mean, shouldn't have to look too hard in our culture to understand that they need people who have all wisdom and all understanding, right? This is how the kingdom of God, if you hear about the kingdom of God and you don't know what it means, it's just people who love Jesus walking in their access and releasing that into the world because everybody wants a king like Jesus. Everybody wants to meet and interact with Jesus. And so, and they want to see him in this way. They, I mean, can you imagine what would happen in our planet if we started busting out in full access and just like, psh, you know? That'd be amazing. I don't do it. To, I mean, here and there, I'm learning it too, you know? I'm not saying this from a place of having figured it out. I'm still learning this too. But like every time I touch it, I'm like, whoa, everything you just did was so cool, Lord. Let's do that again, you know? So our, our, our world needs this. If you're looking for a solution to what the world needs, it's this. And even if you're looking for a solution to what the church needs, it's this. It's Jesus. There was a verse further down in 1 Corinthians where it says, like, basically, the solution to everything the church needs is Jesus. <laughs> and that's true. That's it right there. So, um, and I... I'll make this note again that I did mention last week. God's not impatient with your process. So everything I'm saying, he's not impatient with how long it takes you to get there. He just wants you to be on the journey with him. You know, because the reality of it is, is like we've already been transformed, but we have so much junk from our world and our lives and our stuff that we're getting rid of to help us walk in that full reality. So it's not like you're trying to become something else. It's that you're trying to learn how to be who you actually are. And so the unfolding 
of learning how to be who we are is the journey that we're in. So internally, in your spirit, you are unstained innocence. You are full access. You are all those things. All of that's in you right now. And you're just learning how to be it. It reminds me, I was thinking about it this morning. I don't know if you guys have seen The Matrix. There's a scene in The Matrix where they give this guy, like, kung fu power. They just, like, put a little chip in his brain, and they're like, you're a kung fu master, go. And then he's like, kung fu master. And I think sometimes we think that that's how it is, and to a degree it is, right? To a degree, God's just like, you're washed in Christ, you're whole, you're made clean, go. And if we could, like, get a hold of that, we literally could just go. But we learn with the Holy Spirit how to walk that out. So it might be like, you're a kung fu master, and now you're going to go with Holy Spirit. And every time he says chop, you, you chop. You know? Every time he says kick, you just do it. And it doesn't really, it might look weird. Right? Like some of the stuff he invites us to do in the working out might look or feel uncomfortable because it's not like everyone around us. But we're not trying to be like everyone around us. You know, like I'd rather look a little weird and have full access to all the fullness of God. (laughs) I feel like that would be better than people having some opinion of me. And so, you know, as we're going along, if you feel like you're supposed to give someone your cookies and tell them about Jesus, it doesn't matter if it makes you feel uncomfortable or look weird. Like stepping into that stuff is how we learn how to exercise our access. Is this making sense? And I mentioned last week as well, there's not anybody that has more access than you do right now. There's only people that have learned to exercise it more. And those people should encourage you about what's available. So anything you see, sorry, anything you see that you get excited about, you can go after. And I think a lot of times the Lord uses that excitement to make us hungry for the things he wants us to do. So if you see Jess Bruitt come up here and give a word of knowledge for healing, and you're like, man, I wish I could do that, you can. You just ask the Lord. Be like, Holy Spirit, I want to give words of knowledge like Jess. And then when you have a weird pain in your body or you feel like you walk into church and you start hearing right foot, you don't go, well, that was probably pizza or like I made that up. You just have to go, "Ah, okay, (laughs) I'm going to come up here and say right foot. And you're kind of like practicing your kung fu, right? You're learning how to move in this new reality. So the reality is we already have every blessing. The same love God has for Jesus, he has for you. And that gives you an all-access pass to the kingdom. Any room you want to go in, you can. So what I really want to get into (laughs) very quickly, and it's so funny because basically every prophetic word was about this this morning and worship, so it's great. It's just how do we exercise our access? And really, faith is the key. Faith is the key to our access. And I think faith sometimes in church can be really overly spiritualized. And I love the idea. I know there was a prophetic word about the gift of faith, and that's amazing. And what you do with that type of word is rather than being like, oh, there's a gift of faith out there. God gave someone in church. (laughs) Would have been nice if it was me. It was you. You know, like if someone comes up and is like, God's releasing a gift of faith, you go, mine. You don't go, are you sure? Right? You're like, oh, that's for me. And then you're like, now I have a gift of faith. 
And this week, if you encounter a moment where you need faith, you can remember, oh, on Sunday I got a gift of faith, so I, I already have that. So now I can just move as if that's true. Yeah. And I, I think sometimes we feel like um, we're, I, I think sometimes in church, there's a, a place of sort of like faking it till you make it. And what I mean by that is you may feel like, oh, you know, I'm supposed to pray for going with our example of the word of knowledge. I asked the Lord for words of knowledge. I heard right foot. I'm not totally sure that that's the Lord. I'm not totally confident that I heard it. But I asked and I got something. So I'm going to go up and release that in faith, even though I'm not totally sure. But that's different. I think when I say faking it till you make it, people go, oh, that means I walk in and I'm like, I want to be on stage. So I'm going to, what would put me on stage? Praying for someone's right foot. So I'm just going to make something up so I can be on stage, right? That's what we get afraid of. But that's not, I don't think that's what any of you guys are doing. So I don't think you need to not step out in faith because you're afraid of making something up. Does that make sense? Does that distinction make sense? Because I think we attribute motives to ourselves that aren't true. Because <laughs> if you get hungry for a gift of the Spirit that's available to you, like a word of knowledge, and then that's not, uh, that's not a performance thing. That's something God wants you to have. Just because you, you're like, oh, I want this gift. And I think all the baggage of like, all the baggage of the stuff that tells us we can't have access starts to tell you that the desire for the things of the Spirit is wrong. Right? Does that make sense? And so sometimes we hold ourselves back even though we have that desire because of all the, in sales you call it head trash. <laughs> all the head trash that says, oh, well, if you step out in healing, no one's going to get healed. Or you're going to give this word and no one's going to respond and then you're going to be a fake and then maybe you made it up. Right? Like all of that stuff, all that head trash keeps us from stepping out and then we don't experience what happens when we do step out. We don't get the opportunity to see God meet us and prove himself to us, prove his faithfulness, because we just don't overcome that hurdle. And so when I say fake it till you make it, all I mean is if you have that sense of like, oh, I'm supposed to do something right now. I'm supposed to step out. I'm supposed to do it. Even if you're not totally sure, do it anyway, right? Like, because none of us are totally sure. That's like uh, maybe rummiest. I don't know. But like a lot of times I'm not totally sure, you know, like. I have something that I think is from the Lord, and I'm accustomed to hearing his voice. Let me put it this way. So I'm very comfortable moving in the prophetic because I've developed a language with God. I know Kim is like that as well, and a lot of people here are like that. I've developed a language with God, so he'll tell me something, and I know that that's him because I've developed that language. But still sometimes it feels funny to take a microphone and go, this is a word from God and give it. It still takes faith. It still takes courage. I'm not like you know, walking up, and I'm like, this is from God, you know? It's like, it's still an act of faith, even though I'm confident in the language. Yeah. Is that making sense? Yeah. And so not having that total, I think we're like trying to wait until we think we're experts to even start. And it would be like telling your kid, you cannot start riding your bike without training wheels until you can be like Lance Armstrong. But like, they're never going to develop that if they don't start. And so I think that's what it is for us with faith. It's like we start, maybe God puts some training wheels on. He makes it really easy. He gives you 
some stuff and it works really well, and then you start stepping out in faith, you pop the training wheels off and you get on the bike and you're like, you know, but then you keep going and you develop and you learn and you develop and you learn as you keep going. Yeah? Is this making sense? Am I freaking you guys out? Okay. <laughs> I see a lot of like, um, faith, is the, faith is the key. Access is really simple. We had this kid um, in this camp we used to do, this prophetic camp we used to do with kids. And he was learning the prophetic for the first time. And I was like, how's it going, buddy? How you doing? And he goes, oh, it's really easy. I just go, Lord, you know what to do. And then I just say whatever he tells me. And I was like, yeah, that's it. Like, it's that simple. That's what I'm trying to explain. I should have just given it to you in kid words because that makes it easier. And I think so many of us have dysfunctional family systems and things we've grown up with or church hurt or all those different things. That's all the head trash. No one is perfect. I have great parents. They're not perfect. They're watching right now. I love you. Um, They're not perfect. We all have things we have to work through, but God is a perfect father. And so if he tells you, it says that... um, that verse that talks about uh, if you ask your father for bread, he's not going to give you a serpent. And if you ask him for a fish, he's not, or stone, and he's not going to give you a serpent if you ask him for a fish. And if your earthly fathers would do that, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those that are asking for it? And so he is, he's so willing to do that. One way we do that is um, taking words like, the word Romy gave a couple weeks ago. This is going to be a good summer to remember. And we act as if that is true. We take him at his word and we're like, okay, this is the truth. God said this is going to be a good summer to remember. And even if it doesn't feel like a good summer, even if in the moment you're not seeing things that look good, you take that word and you're like, this is what God said. So this is the reality. This is going to be a good summer. And you just put it out there in faith. Kind of like we were reading those verses out loud. Sometimes you have to say things out loud. Sometimes you have to take authority and take those things and go, no, this is it. This is it. This is it. This is it. And you just have to be more resilient at it than the enemy. (laughs) Right? You just have to keep going till he shuts up. And then you keep going. And then you keep going. Um, one key thing I want to say about access that I found super, super helpful is that if you're not feeling it, you're not connecting to it, you're struggling to make that connection, a very easy tool is gratitude and a very easy place to start. And like, I think this morning was a really great example of practicing that access, right? Like we're in worship and we have the big moments and we have the quiet moments and there's this leaning in that has to happen and I know sometimes that can be really uncomfortable and I, I have to work on it sometimes, right? Like I have to force myself to be present in the moment of what's happening, to connect my heart to Jesus and to lean in to what he's doing in the moment and the easiest way I've found to do that is to start with thank you. It says actually Psalm 100 verse 4 says enter with the password thank you. And so if you're ever feeling like you don't have access, start giving thanks. And it can be really simple, you know, and you're just standing there. You're like, everyone around me seems to be having this big spiritual moment, and I'm back here. Like, I don't even know what's going on. Can it feel like that sometimes in worship? Have you guys ever felt that way? And so to me, the way that I overcome that is by literally pausing, forcing myself to be 
present, because God's in the present. I mean, he's outside of time, but our access to him is in the present. And I think we've become very accustomed to not being present. You know, we're constantly distracting ourselves with things to not be present, because present is not always pleasant. It's not always the nicest place. (laughs) But it's where we have access to God. And so if you can be present in whatever moment you're in and bring him into that with gratitude, whether you're in a hospital room, you're at work, you're in church, you're with your kids, you're whatever moment you're in, you have the same access as we had this morning. This level of access you have everywhere. And so it's literally that pause and like, okay, Jesus, thank you that you're here. 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 And one of my favorite scriptures, which I'm not going to read because it's late, but basically says, Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, and he leads us into all truth. That's when I pray all the time. I'm like, Holy Spirit, thank you that you lead me into all truth. Thank you that you speak to me. Thank you that you're with me. So now I'm going to walk forward in this moment, trusting that you're leading me into all truth, that you're going to tell me if I'm going the wrong way, that you're with me, that you're giving me all wisdom. Thank you that you lead me into truth. I'm going to go in confidence because you're with me. Like that, that's how you get everyday access. Yeah? Um, One quick note. Are you guys okay? I know we're two minutes over. The scripture for that is Isaiah 15, 26. And... This is something I actually wanted to unpack with you guys quickly. It's actually from that scripture. So um, Isaiah 15, 26 says, I'll ask the Father and he'll send you, some translations say the advocate, the comforter, the encourager, the counselor, the helper, the spirit of truth, and he'll come to you from the Father and testify about me. And I was reading into this a little bit this week and where it says the Holy Spirit of truth There's two words for that, because you know there's translations of the Bible in Greek and in Aramaic. Am I explaining that right? And the different languages have different kind of connotations, right? Because different languages can bring different meanings to text. So the Greek, it's parakletos, I think, something along those lines. Or I've always heard it paraclete in church. Um, Parakletos, it's like a defense attorney, right? Like someone who stands by your side as a helper, the advocate, the intercessor, the comforter. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Greek meaning in that word. In Aramaic, it says parakleta from two words, parak to end, finish, or save, and leta, the curse. So the Holy Spirit, literally the translation here where it says spirit of truth, I'll send to you the, and it's literally the one who ends the curse, the spirit of truth, and he'll come to you and testify to you all things. And so um, the way it can be translated is the redeemer who ends the curse and its every effect. And if you think about it, in the Garden of Eden, what did they have? They had full access to God all the time, right? They literally physically walked with him. And I think we read that and we're like, that'd be so nice. And Holy Spirit's like, I'm right here. (laughs) Um, Literally, Holy Spirit, with you right now, the Redeemer who ends the curse and it's every effect. So in the garden, they had full access. We now have that through Holy Spirit. And it says, you'll know him intimately 
because he will remain with you and live inside of you. Holy Spirit wants to be your friend. He wants to be that helper, that advocate, that person who's with you. And he is the way we connect to God. He's the way that we get that full access. Um, one last thought on this, and then I'll, I'll wrap up, is just that I think sometimes we, it's just, it's just easy to get caught up in our feelings and forget that this is the reality. And I just want to remind you that there's this principle in scripture about I believe, help my unbelief, right? Where we can even bring our doubt, our fear, our confusion, our anxiety, our unbelief, we can bring all those things to him. And I think sometimes, you know, we feel like God's over here like full access and we're over here like, but I'm scared. And I have to by myself get over being scared before I come to you. And in reality, it's more like God hugging you He's not over there and you're over here. He's like wrapping you up and he's like, full access. And you're like, oh, I'm scared. I have to figure out being scared before I can receive full access. And he's like, no, bring me the scared and I'll give you, I'll take care of that in the presence. And so you don't have to try to get yourself fixed or right or settled or put together before you come. You bring all of that with you. And just bring it to him. He's not afraid of your questions or any of the things. It says perfect love casts out all fear. So anything that you're carrying that's not from him, you can still bring into the presence. Like David kind of mentioned that this morning. Like, and we talk about it sometimes. We're like, okay, we're singing, um, uh, I will sing of the goodness of God, right? And you've heard me do this before. I'm like, picture in your mind everything that testifies against the goodness of God. Throw that on the altar and worship over that. Like, throw that down and make that the fire, you know? And sometimes we're like, I don't feel passion. I'm praying for a refiner's fire. But we're like, I don't want to put my unbelief on the altar. I heard a song this week where the person was like, I know I need to change, but I'm just not ready to change, you know? Like, bring that to the Lord. In that place of surrender, he can help us. And really, there is a place where sometimes you just have to let go of all the stuff, you know, sometimes you're not going to figure it all out and you just have to come to him and go, you know what? I don't understand all of this. I'm still going to put it on the altar. I love Bill Johnson says like earth is the only place where we can, where we worship out of pain, out of frustration, out of anxiety. This is the only place we'll be able to give God an offering of those things in heaven. None of that exists. So we'll just see God and we'll be like, whoa, and we'll see something else and we're like, whoa, you know, earth is the only place where it's actually a sacrifice yeah. to praise. And so when you bring that stuff to him and you make that the fire on the altar, that's where that passion arises. That's where we get into full access. That's where we connect with all the fullness of God because he takes all that stuff out and he fills you with all of himself. Yeah. Um, I have a lot more I could say, but I know we're really late. So I'm going to pray, and um, let's just close our eyes. And if you want more access, like if you want to tap into this further, um, just open your heart to the Lord. I mean, I know that I do. Um, maybe let's even do this. If you want to step into more of this, more access, just stand up with me. And let's just pray. I'm praying with you guys. <sighs>
Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here. You are the redeemer who redeems the effects of the curse. Thank you that we no longer have to be under that and that we now have full, complete, total access to you, to all the fullness of God, with all the wisdom and knowledge and understanding and everything else that we need for our lives. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would download to us, just like that kung fu chip, that you would give us a Holy Spirit access, download, that we would step into a new reality, a new dimension, a new level, whatever that looks like, of accessing all of who you are, God. Jesus, we want you to have your full reward, and we will be the living sacrifices to bring your kingdom into our world, but we need more of you to do that. We need more of you, Lord. We need all of you. God, we want to be like David that accomplished every single thing that you planned for him. We don't want to leave anything undone that you've intended for us, God, out of our own head trash. God, help us to lean in to more full access to all that you have for us, God. Maybe just take a second here and just talk to Jesus about this yourself. Just have a moment of leaning in. Anything that's coming to mind that's saying, yeah, but this, yeah, but that, those are not, that's not Jesus. So that voice can just be completely silenced. And lean in and hear what he wants to say to you about how he loves you, about the full access that he has for you. Let's just take like one minute and lean into that. If you don't hear anything, you can say thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you're here. Thank you that we have full access to you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, I give you full access to me. Lord, any place where I'm withholding any part of my heart from you, Lord, I repent and I want to give you the same access to me that you've given me to yourself. So, Lord, would you help us to fully surrender ourselves to you, fully surrender our lives to you, to give you full access to do what you want in and through our lives, God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more resources like this or to find information about our weekly services, visit seashorechurch.com.